0: Welcome to Mycoverse, the Mushroom Podcast. Today we have a really fun, special, passionate guest. Her name is Mandy Quirk. She's a mycologist, uh, biochemist, living in Western Carolina, just working from the great goodness of her heart. And you're going to learn all about her here in a minute. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. This music you're listening to is by a group called The Dead Tones. It's called Pale November Dew. Um, enjoy I love you
1: the water's rising fast now but it's nothing like they've seen well I guess I'm going back then cause I've been feeling much the same
0: are loving the vibe of this show then please check out the rest of the episodes this is number nine and honestly it's been a lot of fun so far check out the microverse the mushroom podcast youtube channel for episodes and other fun fungi activities and art music come say hi to me on instagram or uh email me directly microverse podcast at gmail.com i'm always looking for people to talk with about fungi looking for artists and musicians to collaborate with Uh, I'm going to start up a Patreon account soon so we can uh, keep firing this thing off into outer space. i not going to... I don't want to do advertisements right in this show, like vocally right here, just because I kind of want to... I don't want that a part of this, even though I welcome it for the purposes of collaboration. Like the first two episodes I did was Black Magic, Alchemy, and Shroom Snack, right? those guys are awesome fucking love their company there's a lot of other really cool companies you might hear about to find them go to the description uh i have two promo codes for those two companies and probably more to come in the future but i'm not really ever going to say it right here too much other than just a quick mention so yeah and stay tuned at the end of this episode for some more music music more music by me You're a photographer a photographer living and working in Western Carolina. So um, I don't know. It's really interesting. I used to live in Asheville um, for a while. And, I, and then I was in high school in Winston-Salem for pretty much the four or five years I was there. And um, so tell us what is interesting about all the mushrooms you're finding there and exactly what you're doing with your photos and all of that.
2: Okay, so I live in far west North Carolina is what I'm calling it, far west N.C. Like almost Tennessee. It is almost Tennessee. It's almost Tennessee and it's almost Georgia because I'm about 20 minutes from Tennessee and I'm about 20 minutes from Georgia. So we're in the middle of Cherokee County, which is the last county in North Carolina, and there's no one out here. It's about an hour and 45 minutes to two hours depending on like there being like four more cars on the road or something. Cause there's like no traffic around here. Basically. Yeah. I love, love that. Yeah. Baltimore, Philadelphia God. areas, um, which are absolutely horrific for traffic. Okay. Hours okay. of my life have been lost in commutes. Um, um when I was working in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, so it's a, I would say we're about an hour and 45 minutes West of Asheville. So we're out here. I mean, we're out here. This is like middle of nowhere.
1: Yeah.
2: And I think there's about 300 people in our town. And then the town next door, which is like a big town, quote unquote, is about 1,600 people. Okay. Um, But everyone is so nice here. And that's why I just love it. And um, me and my partner, Michael, we moved here specifically for the mushroom diversity in the area because it's high. So it's not often that, you know, you hear, Oh, why did you move to a place? Um, because of mushroom biodiversity. It's not, you know, I've never (laughs) met anyone that's been like, yeah, that's why I moved. So that is literally why we moved. It was Michael's choice. Um, because I made him live in Philly for a while. And then we lived in the middle of nowhere in West Virginia and had like eight inches of snow every other day. Last Winter And we were like, we can't take that. Yeah. We're like, we can't take this anymore. <laughs> um, and we needed to move further South because we just couldn't take the snow. So yeah. there's been a lot of snow here this year, but otherwise it, ha- it really hasn't been that bad. Um, we just happened to land in the perfect, perfect, perfect spot. Cause actually the mountains to the North of here do get a lot of snow. Okay. Um, just to the, I mean, the mountains like right across the road over there, they, they do get, they can get like inches of snow up there. So for whatever reason, we happen to move to this, the perfect area that doesn't really get a lot of snow. And um, it's still in the Nantahala rainforest. So it still has a lot of biodiversity in the Smoky Mountain, like Smoky Mountain National Park. I think that is about an hour from here. So that's also extremely high biodiversity so we we're finding just really random and cool things um i don't know just to give you an example the other day we found a mushroom growing out of the tip of this moss like
1: what mm-hmm. I it was
2: like a moss where like a mushroom grows like on the tip of it yeah um, that's really weird so, there's all sorts of these like isaria, which are um, entomopathogenic fungus, kind of like cordyceps. But, and I think actually Paul Samus talked about this in that podcast that we were discussing a couple minutes ago. Entomopathogenic fungi, which are um, fungi that snack on insects, basically, they. They eat an insect from the inside and then they fruit. Actually, the research is coming out that they can fruit while the insect is still alive too, which is crazy.
0: That's insane.
2: Yeah, so – and sometimes they actually drug their prey um, with crazy chemicals that are just – they're very similar to being – the the bug being on amphetamines or being on uh, psilocybin. A little known molecule called psilocybin. (laughs) So, (laughs) these these bugs and it drives them to kind of it drives the bugs to have a tendency to want to Get it on basically, like
1: spread the spores
2: and spread the spores. Yeah, so all the and then it also because they're on um, similar molecules to amphetamines, they're staying up and just like they're not, you know, resting or whatever. That it's like pushing them to the end of their life, basically. So there's are all sorts of those type of intimate pathogens down here. Um, there's so many that are undiscovered. The field is just so ripe for research. And Michael, we found a bunch of Cordyceps militaris specimens here, and Michael is currently mating them downstairs in the lab. So he's mating. This is like, I don't know as much about it as he does. But um, he's basically trying to figure out which mating types they are because then he'll be able to figure out which ones will mate together and grow a fruit, basically. So, um, yeah, we we have cordyceps research going on in my house. (laughs) Um, And then another cool mushroom that's worth talking about that we found around here is It used to be called Polyporus umbilatus. Now it's called Clatimerus umbilata. They changed the name because they had to move it to a different group. So this is a rare, rare mushroom. It's also called the Umbrella polypore. Okay. Super rare. Um, I believe the reason why it's so rare is because it doesn't only associate with a tree. So it's mycorrhizal with a few species of trees, but it also it is believed that it also needs our malaria, which is honey mushroom mycelium in order to grow. And then it grows from what they call a sclerosia. It's not, it doesn't just like form without this thing that's called a sclerosia. So I wish I had like a great definition for that, but it's basically like a root ball of mycelium. Okay. Um, and then it, it can fruit over and over again from the sclerosia. And we have found this cladomeris Ameris maybe like four or five times this year at the same spot in this forest down here. And I think I had never seen it. I had never found it grown before in the wild ever before that. So it's just really cool. It's an extremely medicinal mushroom. Um, it's used, extracts are used for like bladder cancer, all this sort of stuff. So we're having it sequenced right now. Um, and we're going to try to figure out, we think that's, what's growing on the plate. And he put, basically Michael put the polyporous on the along with some honey mushroom mycelium on a plate. And then we sent that off for sequencing. So we're going to know more about it soon. Um, it's really difficult to find. It's really difficult to grow, um, people haven't really figured out a good way to cultivate it. I know in cultivation it needs another mu- – there's I can't remember what it's called. It needs another mushroom to even be – like to run with it that's not our malaria. Yeah. So like a, a third species in cultivating it. And they've only figured out how to do that in Asia, like China and stuff. So uh, – it's because that mushroom is revered in Chinese medicine and has been used for thousands of years, but it's just so hard to find. Um, so I'm really excited to get the DNA analysis back from that.
0: What will getting that DNA analysis tell you about the mushroom and like help you try to cultivate
2: it? Uh, well, we're not really trying to cultivate it. Okay. We're just can out um, on the science, but it'll, because there probably isn't a lot of um, and Bellotta that have been sequenced before. Yeah. Um, it, it sh- should be like a novel sequence and then we could compare it to any other sequences that do exist, which I haven't looked into this yet. There probably are other ones that exist for it. Um, but you would, you can basically compare and see how different, how different is this one that we found in North Carolina from, another one that someone found in California or Japan or wherever. So it can, and then, and then we'll actually, we'll really know if that's what's growing on the plate. So you don't always know what, you know, when you go out into the woods and bring a mushroom back and put it on a culture dish, you don't actually know what's growing. You just see mycelium growing. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, and then we what we would what Michael would do, at, not me, but for his business, what he would, what he would do is offer the culture for sale on the website, so that people can start. We might not like we don't cultivate mushrooms right now, but um, Michael sells cultures. So
0: so you guys will take clones that you find in the woods and put it on agar or something and grow it out and then sequence that.
2: Grow it out and then we'll. Actually, we don't really grow it out super often. What we'll normally do is put it for sale on his website, mushroomlife.com. We weren't selling anything for a while. He just had a library of stuff he was sitting on for a long time because we were traveling, doing this, doing that. And now he just put the whole library for sale. So what we'll do when we start doing the sequencing, we're going to sequence all the cultures that he has, make sure they are what we're saying they are, which – I mean, we haven't had someone buy one yet and say, this isn't lion's mane or whatever. So we're pretty, you know, confident. He's really good at seeing zones of growth and stuff like that on a dish. So I don't know. It's just going to be really cool. So what, what I want to do, my plan, my idea to differentiate myself from mushroom life. So right now I consult for mushroom life. I help Michael um and what you know, exactly
0: is mushroom
1: life?
2: So mushroom life is Michael's Michael Weiss's company. That's my partner. Um is just I've always admired him ever since I've been like together with him. He's had this company and he's done different things. He, you know, sells wild mushrooms like everyone, you know, everyone that's a forager does. But in addition to that, he also teaches classes. Um, He basically does anything he can to keep himself afloat making money in this field. And he's managed to do it for like six years now. So I'm just super proud of him. So now, what he does now, mostly is we're selling the cultures on the website, we're selling his bageric extracts on the website, which are medicinal extracts um, from the mushrooms that we gather in the wild. They're not from cultivated mushrooms. So all of
0: the, I looked it up, you have what? Lion's ming, stinging nettle, blue lotus, ginseng, turkey tail, maitake, cordyceps, and reishi. Does that sound right?
2: (laughs) Yes. And then we also have a secret product, which is the fly agaric spagyric. And that, so some, some of his products aren't mushrooms, right? Like you just named blue lotus and nettle. Um, but the Fly Gar Expagiric is it's kind of like a secret product because we cannot legally sell it. Um our payment processor would drop us. Um it's illegal in the state of Louisiana. Okay. And it's just people are shook. People are really shook about um so we do like for that we do like cash purchases only or, you know, stuff like that. We will only sell it at events. Um however People are just, you know, the reason for this is because people are, people, and when I say people like the regulators of the country, um, pharmaceutical companies, government agencies, people like that, FDA, they can't regulate um, someone identifying, identifying an Amanita muscaria mushroom extracting it and then um there's like no way to know like what's in that like what's in that we don't know um you'd want someone with a lot of experience to do it because it's been known to make people really sick in the past um it's also known to be like facilitate entheogenic experiences for people and for example siberian shamanism like the culture of shamanism in siberia uh, has known about this and utilized this sacrament of Amanita muscaria mushrooms for what, like over a thousand years, 2000 years. So it's known, it's widely known in the world. And, um, the regulatory agencies are shook because it's a, in addition to being anti-anxiety, um, it also can have some euphoriant effects and no one wants you to sell a euphoriant on the market. So, um, so yeah, that's the only product we can't, we can't sell it online. Um, and we won't because we were dropped by the, or Michael's company was dropped by his credit card processor, um, in a whole really dramatic thing that took me and him like two months to get another credit card processor because no one wanted to take us on again. So we're really happy with our new processor and we don't want to do anything to, you know, discourage their support. So, so yeah, that, that's every, that's basically everything he sells. He also sells a couple plant-based tinctures. Um, but what, what I want to do, so I love that. And I, what I do is consult on the medicinal stuff because I have my master's in biochemistry and I worked in a drug discovery lab for about a decade up in Philly. So he'll, he'll ask me things like, you know, what piece of glassware, you know, should I get for this or, you know, how can I do this under vacuum or whatever? So he'll ask me stuff you know, I'll consult for him and then I also write all the descriptions for the products for his website. But I'm more of like an admin role for his business. Um I do like the website, like the, the writing emails soon. We're gonna have like an email campaign coming out. But it's more like admin work, I would say, what I do for Michael and he's like all the guts and glory. Like he's the one making all the extracts and stuff like that. So I really want to find my own thing, quote unquote. So my new idea, so I was working as, as a grant writer uh, probably for about, it was, it was pretty much exactly a year. And this was for a nonprofit organization um, helping get money for kids' programs. And then as, you know, any nonprofit couldn't tell you money was tight, they had to make some cuts, and my job was cut. So, I was like a little freaked out back in August, um, scrambling, trying to figure out what I want to do. Um, and then I was all set for my talkie season up in Maryland, which is a big thing. And we get would normally Michael would get like thousands of pounds a year, and I was going to be his like point person running you know car loads back and forth or whatever um helping however i could but we got zero interesting story we got zero pounds so yeah normally my toxin for us is like thousands of pounds and we got zero pounds so now i'm like shit you know i couldn't not cuss on this but Uh, whatever you know, I I have to figure out my own thing, like, and I have to do it like really soon because my unemployment's gonna run out, and I'm just at this pivotal moment where I'm like, I see Michael's example and his business, and um, it's just not enough like cash flow at this point, you know, to make it like a full time role for myself. I wish it was. Maybe in the future it will be, mm-hmm. um, but right now I have to like stay a contractor for that, and then I need like another way to just. Even just to get gas money to go out and do the forwarding, you know, it's so so important. So I'm at a crux, like I'm at a pinnacle, I'm at a like juncture and I'm like, what am I going to do? So, um, and I was talking to you about this earlier off the podcast, we all have to use our own talents. Yes. We all have to figure out what are we good at? What am I good at? Okay, I have this degree in biochemistry. I have this, you know, I I really have a desire to teach and maybe, like, do some writing. But I also love art and I love my photography. And for some reason I have, like, I don't know why, but people love my photography a lot, too. I have, like, over 13,000 followers on Instagram. And I'm like, wow, people really Respond to this. People really like this. So I, I want to use my degree um, because I didn't spend, you know, $60,000 on a master's degree for nothing. <laughs> but I also want to do this. People really respond to my photography. So I'm like, let me put this together. So I'm starting a website, mushroommadman.com, which I'm mushroom madman on Instagram.
1: Okay.
2: And um, I'm going to, I would like to fund the science that I want to do, which is the DNA analysis of the mushrooms I find. I want to fund that through selling my art, which is my creative photography that people seem to love on Instagram. So I see people doing this all the time. I see people selling their photography or their you know, art on Instagram and not putting the money towards anything that could be shared with the general public or that would benefit science. So I'm like a science nerd. I'm a hardcore science nerd. Um, I always have been, I was president of the physics club in college. Um, I have my degree in chemistry. I have my master's in biochemistry. Like I'm a huge geek about science and like, the thing that's popular in my life right now with people is the photography, which I also love doing because I'm hopeless at other forms of art. I can't draw. I can sing, but I don't play instruments. Um, and I'm like, man, what can I do? You know, what can I, how can I merge this? I want to do DNA analysis and I want to do art. You know, I want to do photography. So this is my new thing. Within the last month, I signed up for Squarespace. I got 30% off on a website on a Black Friday deal. And yeah, and I was like, it's now or never. So I have this website for the next year. I'm going to see how it pans out. Yeah. If I have a job at the grocery store or something, I will. But I don't, you know, I don't, because there's like not a lot of options out here, right? I moved right. to the middle of nowhere. I moved to the, literally the middle of nowhere. You're all in. So I'm completely all in. That is the exact way to say it. I'm all in. I've moved out here in the middle of nowhere where there's no other job opportunities, and I have to make something happen to myself for myself. And I only made thirty five thousand dollars a year as a grant writer. That's like nothing. So the bar is low.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I don't need that much money to survive. Like right. I'm, I'm a spendthrift. Like I'm, a, I'm, I love just like buying cheap things and used things and like I just I don't cost like I would love to make more than thirty five thousand dollars a year. Uh,
1: Yeah of course. (laughs)
2: However, with no like knowing I lived on that for exactly one year um from my last job as a grant writer, I would say it's totally doable. So if I have to get like a side job or something, that's fine to supplement it for now, but I would love it if it took off and I would love to be, you know, on Joe Rogan's podcast. And I would love, I would love if your podcast took off and everyone starts listening yeah. to your podcast. And like, I would just, this is, me like we have performers in our family I'm not too bad at talking and
1: you're doing great
2: I I love science and I love art so why not have both there is no artistic science I mean there are there so are I follow a lot of them on Instagram but no one no one is doing exactly this no one's selling their photography in order to do so to do
1: science specifically like
2: this So the ultimate goal from selling the photography would be the first thousand dollars. I want to go towards the equipment for the DNA, barcoding, Mm -hmm. the DNA analysis.
0: To be able to do it Um, yourself?
2: Yeah. To be able to do it myself. So right right now
0: you guys are sending them to a lab or something?
2: Yeah. We're selling most of our samples to Alan Rockefeller, um, who's this. If you don't know who Alan Rockefeller is, you should definitely look him up. Uh, That's
0: the second time. Last um, Someone I talked to recently in Portland told me that name and asked if I knew him.
2: He so. lives. The reason is because he doesn't live far from you. I think his um he's in Oakland. Yeah, um, that makes it's sense. Two hours away or something, probably from you, right? Uh, like, so
0: I was in Santa Cruz. I'm in San Diego now.
2: Oh, you're in San Diego. Okay. Yeah, I it's in. close, please. But he's all over the place too. Like he goes all over the place. Um, he travels. Um, he's just, he just so cool. He I don't even know really how he makes money. He just teaches people how to do um, DNA analysis of mushrooms for free. And all of his forays are free. All of his lectures are free. Like, he's just – he's totally an open science advocate. Sweet. Um, and he's always in my Chemistry for mycologists Facebook group group. Um, he, I think he's, like, legitimized the whole group. Um, it's got an influx of people coming in that are asking to be accepted into the group every day. It's, like, great, 20, 50 more people. It's, like, a crazy influx. I don't know if it's because of him or what, but he's one of my inspirations. Um, he's he's just super cool. Like, I just love open science, open science. Like, I if I – okay, so let me back up. So Go ahead. what I would – do, like the main goal is to get this equipment, maybe $1,000 worth of equipment, to do all the pre prep for all the fungal sequencing myself <clears throat> so that I only have to send it out to be sequenced and then the data comes back to me and I analyze it myself. Um, so that's the ultimate goal that I'm assuming is going to cost some of the stuff I already have, some of it I will need going to cost about a thousand dollars I think so the first thousand dollars is going to that so the first thousand dollars whatever I sell on the website is going to go directly to me getting the DNA equipment so after that I'd like to I'm getting a new um camera soon so for all future pictures I want to have the DNA analysis done for everything I sell so that when you buy a photo for me, you know exactly what it is. So that's the that's ultimate sad. goal. Yeah. And then I would also like to like, just do even like more art, like scent, like I love writing. So like maybe like you also get like a free poem or something with the, and then like name it and like everything you possibly think of, like very high quality yeah. and sell things that not just like, So what I really want to do is only sell one to each person, too. So I have thousands of pictures of mushrooms as of right now. But I'm talking about, in the future, not using any of them. Using the ones that I take with my new camera, which are the most high quality, that all have DNA analysis done. So what you'll get is a print that only you will have. No one else in the world will have that mushroom and then you will know what it is exactly. And then you will get like a beautiful card. It'll be signed and then it will be like a poem or something specific that like I wrote for this picture of meaning or whatever it means to me. So that's, that's the ultimate goal. I would love to get up to doing that. And I think, so right now I have a donate button on the website. I don't have any of the art up yet because I'm okay. still using like, the website.
1: Yeah,
2: And I need to find – I'm going to go around the town like next week or something and try to find a printer that can print this stuff that I want to print for the cheapest, for the best quality. And um, once I do that, I'll be able to actually have stuff up. But if people want to donate to that first $1,000, there is – a live donate button set up on mushroommadman.com right now. Cool. Um that people could just go and donate towards that first thousand dollars. Um yeah, so I'm currently I'm not living the dream yet, but I am working No, you
0: are. You are living the dream. I'm working you, towards
2: yeah. the dream for sure.
0: Yeah, it's that's I feel so lucky to talk to you right now. <laughs> no, I told you my goal for this uh podcast is I want to learn. I'm so obsessed and amazed with the world of mycology and so that's why I'm doing this and you totally just blew my mind.
2: <laughs> I would just love to do that, dude. And I would what? oh, another thing, another <laughs> main goal which if you wanted to come and do a live podcast for this, I would be so happy. I want to do a mushroom festival down here next summer. I'm coming. Dude, I really oh, want to we found the perfect perfect place. It could only be 225 tickets.
0: That's all we need. All we need.
2: It's um it's a group campground around here and um it's I'm going to have to reserve it like on the 1st of the year or something to make sure that I get it, but it's different. Oh my gosh, it's I've been to many mushroom festivals. And I've seen how they've been set up and this is I'm just telling you it's like it's perfect. They have pavilions. They have um showers, bathroom, actual bathrooms like not porta potties or anything. Like it's it's a really nice campground. It could be camp in the shade, camp in the sun. Like it it's there's huge fields, there's huge old trees and right in that forest, right somewhere around there that I'll never tell mm-hmm. is where that um Cladomaris umbelatus or umbelata grows.
1: Yeah.
2: Um that rare mushroom that we're getting sequenced. So, um, it's awesome, man. Like this, this place, this place is going to be great. And I would love to have music. So if you wanted to like perform and then I, I had to know like a couple other local people that could do music possibly, um, that perform at the coffee shop down the street on Fridays. And then, um, I just have so many friends that I would love to invite to come talk or lead forays. And yeah. I've already put a couple of them, but, um, I've watched a lot of mushroom festivals be thrown at this point and it's definitely intimidating cause there's a lot of stuff to coordinate, but I would love to have everyone down here in the middle of the woods. And it is like the middle of nowhere. It's the middle of the Nantahala National Forest. And, um, I just can't tell you, we just found, zillions I want to say mushrooms of mushrooms summer it was it was an insane amount of mushrooms and we would just we just didn't even have time to like take pictures of them all or like put them all in the the basket or like when you get home you're like studying a couple of them and then like they go bad because you can't get to them because like you know they just rot before you can like try to figure out what they are so man this area is just so awesome so Yes, I would love to do that. I would love to have a mushroom festival down here in the Nantahala because I'm telling you, the mushroom community—everyone needs this to, to see it. Like, it's just so—it is and gorgeous. It's like right by a lake. It's like it's like oh, man, I can't even. It's hard to describe how perfect of a location it is. So, if you would love, I would love to have you here. Yeah, okay. I mean, West represent.
0: Yeah, your uh everything you said is very admirable, honestly, because um there's a hundred percent passion and just selfless, like the main point of scientific research into mycology is to better like the entire environment around us. Like they help humans. And the environment in ways that nothing else compares to on this planet, it seems like. But it's the most understudied field around. And so the fact that you, like, basically uprooted everything with your boyfriend and moved to that area and are just going all in, like, fuck, dude, that's really cool. And just using art, like... Growing up in this world today, the way everything's set up, like, social media and using your online resources to have the freedom to, like, you're, like, you said you're not living the dream, but you are living the dream because you're taking your life into your own hands and um, and just having fun and being creative and, like, that's the american dream right there it's like you're not like oh fuck i'm just gonna like play it safe and go get this job so that i can like make more money and then try to do this on the side like you're like i'm just gonna rough it and fucking make it happen and if it doesn't happen then we'll figure it out but like that's really cool i want to pay I'll, I'll pay for one
2: <laughs> sweet well I just so, What's so, right? so the most important thing i think you just said from my perspective was about creative living, and mm-hmm. I kind of bookmarked this. I love this book. Um, it's called Big Magic. It's by Elizabeth Gilbert, and it's all about creative living. It has nothing to do with mushrooms, but you okay. can you can apply it to any field, right? So she said um, – this, this is just a quote from Elizabeth Gilbert from this book. It says, I believe this is one of the oldest and most generous tricks that the universe plays on us human beings, both for its own amusement and for ours. The universe buries strange jewels deep within us all, and then stands back to see if we can find them. The hunt to uncover those jewels, that's creative living. The courage to go on that hunt in the first place That's what separates a mundane existence from a more enchanted one. It's so true. Yeah, it's it's all about like creative. So the book is called Big Magic and the second title is Creative Living Beyond Fear.
1: Creative Living Beyond
2: Fear. You just just can't be afraid, you know. Fear is what stands in the way of most things happening that people want to happen, but never happen. So it's that fear that they can't do it or fear that they're not going to have time or whatever, that if they did it, then they wouldn't be able to keep doing it or whatever. So, um, I tried recently, like earlier this year, I kind of made a promise to myself, not as much as possible, not to make decisions based out of fear. And instead, try to make them based out of anything else like
0: the best the best uh saying that I heard for this topic is what you truly want is on the other side of what you're afraid of that a hundred percent like makes sense because i like I'm a recording engineer by like just out of passion, I've been doing it since I was super young. And I love music, and I'm super stoked on mushrooms. And it's like I, <laughs> I'm like incorporating it, trying to incorporate it into my work right now. I went to I work at an environmental firm, and they're not doing anything with like micro remediation yet. And so I booked. Um, I just went like straight to my boss and his boss made a meeting with them, and then I walked in with a box in my arms, and um, I explained the mushroom growth cycle. And when I was trying to explain how like the dichotomy, like, um, mycelium grows into like a whole block. I was like, you know what, fuck it. And then I just opened the box and put this like giant block of oyster mushroom mycelium on my like boss's boss's desk. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And he was just like staring at it. Like, that's fucking amazing. (laughs) Uh (laughs) It's great, dude. But yeah. And, um, so I definitely have like anxiety doing this. Like, Talking, even though I'm 100% confident in it, there's still fear, but it's it's just that, like, it takes time, but it's what I truly want. Like, I'm getting this is like, everything I've ever done in my life creatively is all coming together with this podcast because I get to do journalism which I love because I love to learn and I love to like network and talk to people and create relationships that breed other relationships and like creative things and then like I've reached out I've started reach that's really cool that I'm talking to you because within the last couple of weeks I reached out to an art a photographer on Instagram it, he doesn't have a lot of followers but he loves to take pictures of mushrooms and I thought they were really cool and I was um, going through just liking a bunch of them, and I just had an idea. I was like, "Dude, I messaged someone. I was like, 'What do you think about sending me like some cool, like some of your favorite pictures you've taken of mushrooms?' And then I'll edit them and make them really cool and slap both of our names on it and say this is like artist collaboration. And then we'll like a week before doing this, we'll advertise it to everybody and like make posts and like try to promote that we're gonna do it. And then for like seven days straight, we'll post a photo a day, and it's just like to like highlight like awesome mushroom art and then I had an idea of so my wife and I created like an online reselling business through the app called Poshmark and it's doing really fucking good like she works from home doing it and I was like oh my god so then we could take the art put it on t-shirts and exclusively sell it on your Poshmark account and then like it's it's so fun and um and doing like stickers like I want to make stickers and just like get a bunch of them printed and send them to people for free because all you gotta do is just give me your address and I'll like put a stamp on a envelope and send it to you so there's so many if you just be creative and use your online resource to like get it out to people like where out you can open a shop in the middle of a city and you're never going to get a million people walk through that door but like online there's a whole entire world To like, you just have to figure out how to see it and promote it using social media, really.
2: That's exactly, like, leads into exactly what I was saying. You figured out, your wife figured out what she's good at, Mm which is business. I don't know why, like, I just the same reason, I don't know why it worked. Just like, I don't know why I have almost 14,000 followers on Instagram. Literally, no idea why other people did that. It's because you're genuine
0: and it's, it's, you're like, yeah.
2: Do you see that? Like, so people are saying, oh, you're good at this. You curate a good store or you curate a good feed or whatever. And then you're rewarded because you're sold. Your stuff is sold and my stuff is liked. And, and it's, we all have our own individual talents. And then some things that I'm good at, you probably suck at and vice versa. And that's what we need more of in the world. I don't want to, like if you were thinking about hiring someone for a job for instance like you want the person that's going to be best at that position but you also want someone that's going to have the drive to take it to the place that it needs to go like you don't want to just hire someone that like doesn't care I guess so you need that extra in addition to being good at something you have to be motivated to do it so I'm really happy that you started this podcast I'm thank you yeah, I was like, "Oh, another mushroom podcast." Yes, whenever yeah. you were, you, were, you want to be on this, I think I first apply. I was like, "Yeah, sure, mm-hmm. cool, <laughs> whatever." Like, so, I don't know who you are, but fuck it, <laughs> get to know you. And yep. now you're gonna come to my Southern Appalachian um, mushroom festival and I can't wait. not I can't only wait. interview people but play your your music. Yeah. So. <laughs> All from this one conversation. It's so amazing. Oh man. I love it.
0: Me too, man. Um yeah. That's great. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's so fun. And and this is just a great like platform um to just talk and have these conversations, right? Like these are like deep, meaningful conversations that are coming from people who that's that's the fun part about mycology is it seems like you're not, uh, why does anybody care about mycology? Like, why do you care about mycology? What's your like main motivation for doing this other than like for your own interests, but like, what do you, you know, how do you think it'll help the world?
2: Someone like, I don't know, some random person on Instagram asked me kind of the same question the other day. And, um, I kind of talked to Michael about it. And I think the coolest thing is that, Mushrooms are kinda of like the ambassadors between life and death because they take things that are dead and make them alive again. Yeah. So um my brother died. It was like my my worst like personal like tragedy. Okay. This is the worst thing that ever ever happened to me. Um, right. this was in two thousand fifteen, June seventeenth, two thousand fifteen. And his that. name and his name was Scott and he was awesome. And you know what? I'm so happy. Yesterday I found the tiniest little tiny, tiny, tiny mini micro whatever SD card. And I just got, I was like, I'm buying a card reader. Um, And I like plucked this little thing into the card reader. And I was like, oh my God, I had no video of my brother. And I have now. After yesterday, this old thirteen-year-old video that's the lowest quality, but has him laughing in it. So that's a BB. Just like just like that SD card that like led me to this like old 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 video. It's like mushrooms can like lead you to different things. Like that's how I feel. So you you're in the forest basically. And you see something over there, and you don't know what it is, and you, like, walk over there, right? And now you're in a different place in the forest than you were. So you're like, oh, it was a mushroom. Cool. And you, like, lean down and take a picture of it. Then when you get back up, you're suddenly at a different perspective than you were at before you walked over there.
1: Yeah.
2: So you're like, oh, my God, there's that other mushroom that I didn't even see from the trail because it was like I had to turn around to see it. So I feel like it's like – they just lead you to different things. Like just like that thing that just happened to me with my brother. It's like, I don't know why did I decide to buy a card reader? I don't know. Like, that's exactly what I wanted though. That's like, it's a great Christmas present. I just got of the, like only video of e- ever in existence of my brother laughing that I know of. Like, so I'm just so, so happy I found that and it's just like walking over to the other side of the forest to like I just get so just being in nature makes me so happy seeing a mushroom makes me so happy and then as soon as I get over there to that mushroom there's something else to see or something else to do or like someone else walks a different way and then they see something like it's all just a complex chain of re- reaction Chain reactions, like it's a, a complex of chain reactions that we're all living on a daily basis. It's but even in your body, um, in your mind, like it, it's all just a chain reaction of events that rely on the thing that comes before it. And mushrooms do most of their life cycle underground. Mm-hmm. So when they pop up, it's like, great to see them. Like, Hey friend, you know, like I haven't seen you in a while. Like, this is awesome. Like they're like 99% underground, you know? So it's just a treat. It's like a rare treat to see mushrooms. And just like, it's a rare treat to see a 13 year old video of your brother laughing when like you lost him. So it it's, and, and they're the arbiters of life and death. Like that's what they take things that are dead and make them alive. Like that's Their job, like imagine, I think it was like, I forget, but it was like, imagine if all of the trees that ever fell in the forest didn't have fungi to decompose them. Oh yeah. Our our world would just be like a bunch of stacks of logs on top of each other all, like all over the place. Like we wouldn't even like have a ground, you know, like Mm -hmm. there wouldn't be soil. So there's just a lot of stuff that we take for granted and um, they do the dirty work. They do the scut work. And they're very underappreciated. Although I feel like there is this mushroom renaissance being ushered is. by especially the younger, I would say, generation, although there's many older generation people into it. Um I was in the North American Mycological Association for many years and there is a lot of older you know, a lot of those like older mycologists are more in associations like that. They're in universities. They're in academia. They're studying it on this level that, you know, they're they're getting paid by an institution or something to study it. They're not necessarily using like crowdfunding to fund citizen science or, you know, like selling art or, you know, there's other ways nowadays to go about crafting a career out of this that maybe the older generation didn't have access to back in the day. Um, but even, you know, throwing a mushroom festival, that's super important. That's like, you know, event planning. Like, did I ever think I was going to be in event planning? No.
1: Well, what's
0: funny (laughs) about, um, that you're telling me that and you like invited me to like come and help be a part of it. Um, Woodstock when I was, I caught like in the, I don't know, like 10th grade, maybe the end of 10th grade, I was like, that's when I became obsessed with like the sixties and Woodstock. And my, I got a book and like read the like detailed history of how it all happened. And like Michael Lane's role as like putting it all together. And I've always envisioned, I had an idea, um, when I was in Asheville, uh, I, I realized it wasn't time for me to do school. Like I needed a break from all of that because all of like the turmoil of growing up as a teenager and the angst and all the therapy I needed to go through and everything just to like mature. I wasn't ready for school yet. So the second semester there, me and two of my friends, when we decided, okay, we're done with school, but we might as well stay for the rest of the semester and just figure out what the hell we want to do. We, we started like... I love poetry. Like I can write pages all day. And so um they were into hip hop and so we do would just like rap and like play beats on YouTube and just have fun and like talk about important stuff like this. Like have deep, meaningful conversations, go walking in the woods, you know, go up to the park Blue Ridge Parkway, which is amazing. If anybody hasn't gone there and you want to go, just go, go, go. Yeah, go, that's about go.
2: an hour from my house. Uh,
0: so good. I, it's my yeah. favorite place in the world. Anyways, um we called ourselves Alien Collective. And um, the idea behind that was like the whole thing I crafted up with them was like start Alien Collective as it's just us. We love music. We love to make music. Let's reach out to other people who love to make music that are unique and outgoing and fun. And we'll start a little group like um, like a, a label, a recording a record label or whatever, and just call it Alien Collective. And then from there, you can start taking – the groups together and putting them on tour. So now you're like doing management for them. And then you have a tour, and it's like the Alien Collective tour with these three or four bands or whatever. And then once that gets going and it's good, then you reach out to, like, athletes and be like, hey, you guys make videos. Like, use our music, and we'll, like, work together. And so now you're putting on music events where you have them with, like, skateboard ramps and, like, BMX and whatever going on and like or, like, have, like, a four-wheeler race in the middle of the woods in Carolina or something and have people playing there. And it's all through this. And then, then you can add art and have people with their art like, that's just, it's fun. <laughs> so, that yeah, was an I- idea I've had before, and I don't know that's kind of the concept I'm going with on this. Like this is a podcast specific. My first motivation is to learn and spread the word about mycology. But personally I'm so fucking, I stay awake at night and 24 seven just have ideas going through my brain. Like it doesn't shut off. And so this is a way for me to get that out as well and just collaborate. I love like, there's so many unique creative people and we, especially in
2: mycology Mm -hmm. and a lot of really nice too and a lot of them are really open to collaborating
0: yeah and uh the whole mycelial connection of like what you were talking about how they just lead you in different directions that's exactly what's happening with this ever since i started the networking on instagram and talking to people it's very it's like i first put my feelers out for like two weeks i just I blitzed and was emailing and hitting people up on Instagram. That's probably around the time I hit you up. And um, I did that. And ever since then, then I started, like, people would come back. I did a few interviews. And they would connect me to people. But once I released, like, the Veterans for Psychedelic one, I don't know if you listened to that, but ever since I did that one and released it, there's a lot more people that came through. And right around that same time, it went on Spotify and Apple. And, it's yeah, it's and now it feels like... I, I feels like I germinated some spores and I helped two of them find each other. And now they're like taking off and I'm just kind of, I created like a vehicle and now I'm just riding on it (laughs) and like kind of steering it as I need to, but they do their own thing at the same time.
2: (laughs) Well, wow. Amazing. And yeah, I'm, I'm just, I love being in on the ground floor kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love being there from the beginning on something because then I can, you know, you can like really get behind it. Um, that's I wasn't really there from the ground floor with Mushroom Life, but my old job in the lab, I was like, they hired me, and I was like, they're like, we're starting a company. <clears throat> I was right out of college. I didn't know what to do, and they just were like, we we believe in you you're hired. And I figured out everything from marketing to, you know, payroll to, you know, purchasing and like all the stuff. So, and I'm doing it now with the website. I'm building my website. I never thought I was going to be building a website. I'm building my own website. I'm helping build Michael's website, like on two different platforms, Squarespace and Shopify. So I'm like learning all these, you learn skills just trying to do the things that you want to do. So it's awesome. So my brother wanted to be an audio engineer, by the way. Um, we're always, we're very into high quality audio. If I could flip the screen around, you would see my JBL monitor speakers sitting here. Like we're really, I love music and I would call myself an audiophile. Um, and the, some of the podcasts I listen to are just music. Yeah. Um, People playing records and stuff so that's cool i yeah i'm all about it and our our um interests seem to intersect a lot so i would just i would love to be on again i would love to be able to give an update maybe in a couple months
1: sure hit me up on
2: the website like when the website's done completely mm-hmm. like it's up right now and there's a donate button but and i'm just gonna keep it up i'm cool. not gonna like do like a weird thing where I'm like, this website is under construction. Yeah, no, don't do that. I'm not, it's like going to just be up and if the links don't work, then they don't work until I figure them out or whatever. So, um, like, you know, when it says link to a page if that page doesn't exist, it's just going to tell you it doesn't exist. Like so. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't want to, I don't want to like limit myself because then I'm never going to get it done. So it is up and it's live and people can donate as of right now. Um, but we'll hope I want to get the art up at least like one piece of art up before the end of the year. So that's my goal. But I would love like once I sell the first piece or like once, you know, once I have a breakthrough, hopefully of sorts with this, I could come back and do like an update because I, um, I haven't spoken on a podcast about this before. Like I said, it's like new news. So I would love to give um, your listeners kind of an update in the future
0: yeah you just hit me up and we'll do it ASAP um thank <laughs> you so again what's your website name
2: it's mushroommadman.com mushroom. and on instagram it's just at mushroom underscore madman okay and it makes sense because i'm a little bit crazy and my name is mandy
0: there you go <laughs> thank you
2: <laughs> yep no problem thank
1: you, thank you. okay
0: All alone, open up and
1: write a song. of time. we Thank <music> you.